Let's start the hour with touring ideas for the Rhine River Valley in Germany. Floating on a cruise, travelers get romantic scenery of castles and vineyards, as well as a thoughtful look into Germany's past. For more, we're joined now by tour guides who specialize in the region, Fabian Ruger and Nico Favarillo. Fabian, Nico, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks. So, Fabian, give us a, a feeling for the medieval Rhine, which really created the Rhine we see today as tourists. The most important trading river... With the Romans already, the problems with the Rhine began. It was widely considered that east of the Rhine, the barbarians lived west of the Rhine with civilization. And that idea went all the way through into modern history. France, of course, tried to make for centuries the Rhine its eastern border. Uh, The Germans fought back, and eventually, of course, that ended in the 19th and 20th century. Well, that is interesting when you think about it, that the Rhine would have been a, a huge border culturally between the Romans and the barbarians, and from a French point of view, between the French and the Germans. Yeah. So when you have a border like that, Nico, in, in Europe, generally what happens? It's uh, where wars happen. Between France and Germany, a lot of wars happen, and the Rhine either stopped the wars or uh, a lot of areas on the border, especially in the French part of the border, for instance, the Alsace region, has been taken by Germany many, many times. Um, so it's a war zone, not only between countries. It's also been a war zone between religions. Catholics, Protestants fought over areas in that area. Today even, I mean, today it's kind of the border between Catholic and Protestant Europe. Yes, you could say that, yeah. Yeah. North of the Rhine is definitely more Protestant. Yeah. Now, when you have the, in the Middle Ages, there was not a lot of uh, paved roads. There was not a lot of law and order. If you wanted to get your goods to the market, going down the river was was one safer way to do it, I suppose. It it was a safe way, but you had to uh, be careful of something called robber barons who stopped ships along their journey, but big chains along or, or across the Rhine made the ship stop and then steal everything or... Steal everything in the well, form not, of, of duties. And yes. They would just say, you've got to pay 10% of what's on your boat to continue down. Yeah. I've heard this word robber baron castle, so maybe the Rhine River, Fabian, is, is sort of the quintessential example of a robber baron castle zone. Robber baron is a term, in particular robber knights, for a particular phase during the Holy Roman Empire where knights had fallen so poor that the only way to keep their status was to rob uh, traders and so on, even if it was not their right to do so. And eventually the problem became so bad that you had this middle class of knights who had fallen poor and became mm-hmm. robbers that the big tradings and merchants, the cities, gathered a union and under the emperor, I think it was the rule of the second, 13th century or so, they sent this army along the Rhine to clear out all the robber knights' castles and literally hung them from the trees along the Rhine. Uh, and after that, there were no more ro- no more robber knights. But it was a pretty grim two or three years when that happened. When we think about the Rhine, it's a long river. It goes basically from Amsterdam all the way to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every tourist thinks of the romantic Rhine River Valley. Nico, where is that exactly? And how? from what city to what city does it go to? Um, the, the stretch that has the, the most romantic feel is from a city called Koblenz. Yeah. And it goes all the way to... You could say Mainz, but in theory it's more Rudesheim, but Mainz is maybe more a better-known name, and that's a stretch where the Rhine is at its narrowest. So if you can name a castle, it's probably along that stretch. Yes. And that's where the tourist boats go, that's where the tour groups go. Yes, that's where you have day cruises or or two-hour cruises, but you have a lot of 
uh, big cruise ships who sail from Amsterdam to, say, Vienna, and they have to go through that gorge as well. So I understand you were a cruise director on, a, on, the, on the riverboats that went down the Rhine. Yes. And you narrated this trip. Uh, if you're cruising down the Rhine, what are your favorite three or four castles to point out? Oh, uh, it's quite a lot of them. I think there's like 25 <laughs> worth visiting. Of course, you have a few castles who look pretty and are photogenic. You have a small little castle called the Faltgrafenstein, which looks like a stone ship. It's uh, built on, on a little island in the middle of the Rhine. So built literally in the Rhine. In the Rhine. Then the um, Marksburg Castle is the best preserved medieval castle. Marksburg. Yeah. Marksburg Castle. Um, yeah, Mouse Castle. They have the Cat and the Mouse Castle. And uh-huh. the Mouse Castle is a very small, tiny one, very close to the shore. And very picturesque and uh, quite nice, yeah. Each one has a story, a legend. Like you said, the cat in the mouse castle. Yes. Do you remember the legend about that? Oh, there was a, a count of Katzenellenbogen. And so the first letters of that family name is Kat. And so a little bit further up the stream, there was a smaller castle. And they called it the mouse castle. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have to look too far. Were they feuding far. castles? Or uh, part no, of they were actually, I think they family? were linked to each other. Yeah. It was just a way of... Um, I think maybe this is only in the 19th century that they started giving yeah. them names because tourism kicked in. That's right, because romantic tourism in the 19th century, the Rhine River was. I mean, these towns have hotels from the 19th century. Yeah. Fabian, during those times, we had the painters coming to Bacharach and St. Gore and their castles. And it began with, uh, with the British who began traveling up the Rhine to get into the more romantic mountainous regions of Europe. Okay. And then in the eight, late 1820s, the people in Cologne finally bought a British steamboat that then started taking people up the Rhine for the first time. So in 1829, you could take a boat from Cologne and get to towns like Bacharach in a day, where in 1827 you still needed 14 days to travel along the same section. Wow. So uh, aristocratic travelers would buy a ticket on this boat and yeah. watch the castles roll. There comes the cats. Here comes the mouse. Here comes the faults. Here comes Marksburg. And then the giant Rheinfels. Tell us about Rheinfels. The Große Wacht am Rhein. Probably the most important castle they built as a fortress along the Rhine. The Counts of Katzenellenbogen, who owned the, the Rheinfels castle, uh, expanded it over the centuries to also show their power. It towered famously over the Rhine, and every ship coming by would be taxed. Now, today when we look at these castles, most of them are destroyed. So was Castle Rheinfels eventually. Yeah. It, it had to surrender eventually to the French in the years of the French Revolution. And upon their retreat, the French blew the castle up famously. So uh, the French didn't need to. It wasn't in battle. They just did this so they wouldn't have trouble with it in the future. Exactly. When they left, they decided they wouldn't want to leave a fortress like this behind to be... To be by those feisty <laughs> Germans. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Rhine River Valley Castles, the romantic Rhine, the area from Cologne down to about Frankfurt. We're talking with Nico Favaril and Fabian Ruger. And Nico, when we talk about the romantic Rhine, there's all these legends, and one of the most famous is the Lorelei. You sail by this striking cliff, and for the Germans, it really has quite an interesting story. What's the story of the Lorelei? It's a nymph, basically, who has beautiful, long, blonde hair, and she sits on the, the rock and she sings. She's got long, yes. blonde hair and wearing only her long, blonde yes, hair. Yes, I mean, she doesn't wear anything else. And she's singing. And she's singing and she's luring the men. Um, this is the narrowest part of the Rhine. So a lot of uh, ships' captains had trouble passing this narrowest part, and of course, they couldn't admit that they were bad sailors, so they had to come up with a story <laughs> and say so they could say, hey, we were, we were enchanted by this beautiful creature who, you know, of course, it's a woman who uh, did this. You know, we, we were 
good sailors, we're good captains, and it's this beautiful woman who's distracting us, the Lorelei. And um, the son of one of the more important rulers died in an accident, and so the ruler sent a troop to find this nymph. And so when they found her, she was rescued by Father Rhine, who took her with a wave to the bottom of the river. So romantic. And she's never been seen again. <laughs> uh, the reason f- uh, for the Lorelei and why it became so important, uh, there was a very sharp rock wall, but the, the water swelling around it created several vortexes, which created a murmuring sound. And the ancient Celtic word Luren probably means to murmur. Oh. And that's where the name Lorelei, she who murmurs, it's this difficult corner. And boats could be really literally sucked down at that corner into the 19th century. By the mid-19th century, the river had been improved and the problem was no longer there. Neither is the murmuring sound. It's gone today. So it's safe to get your boat past the Lorelei. Now your tourists will be on the deck taking photographs and the uh, <laughs> and the music system will play a folk song from Germany that sings about the Lorelei and then everything is happy. Our Travel with Rick Steves tour guide specialists to the romantic Rhineland region of Germany are Fabian Ruger, who was raised in West Berlin and now lives in Maine, and Nico Favarel, whose home base in Bruges, Belgium, is a quiet medieval town often added onto Rhine River cruise itineraries. When we go to the Rhine River, we have to have a place to sleep. Fabian, when you take groups to the Rhine River, what would be the best towns for a home base for exploring that area? I personally like to be up at Castle Rheinfels. Yeah. They have a beautiful hotel and you have a gorgeous view of the Rhine. But in terms of ancient medieval architecture and good wine and so on, of course, I would prefer Bacharach over it. And so, Bacharach is famous for its wine. Yes. I mean, even back in ancient times. And almost. it has original houses of the 16th century and still has its famous wine festivals. So you can sleep at the castle yeah, at, next in a hotel mm-hmm. sort of built onto the Rhinefells. Uh, but I would say Bacharach and uh, St. Gore, those would be the best two towns to stay in. And each of them would have plenty of great little restaurants and, and uh, affordable hotels. And Nico, tell us about the steamers, or the, just the ferries that take the tourist up and down the river. How would you go about cruising the Rhine if you didn't take an actual cruise ship, no, but you, you just wanted to jump on one of the ferries? You can, uh, for instance, if you're uh, located in St. Gore, you, go, you have a stop there. You have a, a ship that comes here. You can make it as long as you want. Uh, there, there are several stops along the Rhine, so depending on your time, depending on weather maybe, you can also just take ferries across the Rhine. Those are fun, actually. And you don't, you don't get the commentary, but you just cross uh, the river and then you continue further. I would say the best part is from St. Gore to Bacharach that we've been talking about because it goes by the Lorelei, you see the most famous castles, and then you can continue on by train. You can do it slow by boat or you can do it fast by train. And you've got, obviously, you've got roads on both sides of the river, too. And as Nico said, we've got these wonderful ferries that cross the river there. What, six or eight cars can fit on a ferry? And then they just go all the time. And throughout June, July, you have the uh, wine festivals. What is quite wonderful, I think, is if you're up for it, you can rent a bike or bring a bike Mm. and do a several-day tour down the Rhine. You don't have to go much uphill because you're going with the flow of the river Mm -hmm. slowly. There's a bike path along the entire way, and you go from one wine festival to the next. What could be better? That sounds (laughs) very good. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking about the romantic Rhine River Valley. Our guides are Nico Favaril and Fabian Ruger. Nico and Fabian, danke schön. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, you can savor Europe's most exciting experiences and sights through a hundred of my favorite travel stories. Imagine hanging from an alpine ridge, 
dancing at a Turkish circumcision party, and swinging with a bell ringer in a medieval church spire. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com.